0: good to be back with the flock. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I look forward to fall for this. Um, That was an amazing introduction, Nina. Thank you. And it was true, first trembling, one of my first trembling talks off of this stage. It was the second time I came to Bioneers. They actually put me up here. And uh, I was downstairs and just terrified literally terrified, and there was this woman standing next to me in a cowboy hat, Hunter Lovins, you know, and she was not terrified, um, and I, I, I literally was like shaking, and, but life always comes through, so I was in the stairwell, and I looked in the corner, and no lie, there was a crab in the corner, under about four inches of dust bunnies, and I said, Hunter, Uh, we have to go for a crab funeral right now. Um, We got to put him back. I can't stand the thought of him being in a dumpster, or her. And she said, okay, let's go. And we went down to this beautiful stream, if you haven't been here, this tidal stream. And as we were walking down, this crab began to stir. And the coolest thing, eyes on stalks, right? What's better than that? <laughs> Stalks come up and look at me. <laughs> like one eye. The other eye's, you know, checking everything else out. <laughs> As it should. Put the, put the crab down and it felt itself back home. It brought in that moisture from that wet mud and slowly started to scuttle towards home. That's where we are now. And life will lead us there every single time. There's a diversity of ideas here, which I love. What unites us, though, is reverence for the natural world. It's rare, but it's growing. That's what it was like, okay, for that crab going back. Please remember that we live in a competent universe and are part of it we have these competent elders. Remind yourselves, remind everyone you know. The scientific literature is replete right now with all kinds of paradigm-shifting ideas about science. I'm working on a new book uh, about ubiquitous patterns in the natural world and phenomenon, and I am shivering every day when I get up. Um, Mutualisms. Nalini, that you saw yesterday, the tree biologist, very interesting work. The scientific uh, paper that I found of hers early, early on, when she first climbed up into the canopy, I had learned as a scientist that orchids and other what are called epiphytes, air plants, that live on top of branches are commensalists, you know, they just sort of hang out on the branches, or even worse, they're parasites, because they, they cause the branches to fall down eventually with their weight. What, what Nalini found, was that they bring a soil, they create a soil, and that the branch roots into the soil. The branch actually puts roots into a soil. So it turned from our understanding of it as a possible parasite to a mutualist, positive benefit to both. We're finding that everywhere. Of course, roots, we now know, are not in splendid isolation. Mycorrhizal fungal helpers, around each of the roots. We've known that for a while, but what Suzanne, Samard, and others are bringing to us is the understanding that these fungal helpers are actually in a net under the forest floor, connecting trees and shrubs to one another. She calls it the wood wide web. (laughs) Uh, Next time you look under a forest like this, when you walk in the forest floor, This is kind of what it's like underneath. They're exchanging carbon. Trees in the shade are getting carbon from trees in the upper story. They're exchanging nitrogen. They're exchanging water. (laughs) They're exchanging alarm signals to turn on each other's defenses. Um, They give the plant phosphorus, the plant gives them carbon. When we put too much fertilizer, phosphorus fertilizer on our crops, we tell that wide web that we don't need it. So these, these understandings of how not to interrupt the conversation that's going on out there are vital. This is a network. We're sitting in one now. We're sitting actually in one that's beautifully, beautifully done. Think about high beaming pioneers, 18 cities, right? All these clusters of people coming to those events clusters within clusters within clusters, connected to us, and connected to each other. These are the characteristics of not just our social networks, but food webs, mutualism webs, gene regulation networks, protein... Biological networks have the same shape, the same architecture. No central hub, a few very popular densely connected hubs, and then lots of modular and nested hubs farther out looks something like this. And that's us right now, we're sitting in that right now, not one center. So it's the conscious emulation of this wisdom. That's That's what we're about, the conscious emulation. This is a revolution in our relationship to the natural world, not for what we can domesticate or extract or harvest, but for what we can learn. That's a new relationship between us and the rest of the natural world. Biomimicry meme, how did it take flight? Of course, in a network. It wasn't obvious at first, but that's how it's happened. I want to tell you about this. It's 15 years of just magic carpet ride. You wake up in the morning these days, if you're me, and you shake the dust bunnies out of your eyes, and you see this, move over genetic engineering, biomimicry seems the better bet for solving world hunger. That's what I said. That's what I said. Now, now look in the upper left. It's that hippie rag, Forbes. And this is about that fungal helper work amend the soil, help the helpers. We've been focusing on the single plant for way too long. (sighs) Last year, the design community of the the U.S. and of the world, these are the biggest design awards in the world, said yes to biomimicry, and I got to meet Michelle. (laughs) The picture of me with Michelle is like, she's 10 feet tall, I'm four feet tall, and about between nine and 10 years old and smiling my head off, <laughs> won the award for the visionary idea that has, a, has had a paradigm shifting effect on the world of landscape design, architecture design, and product design. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And did I mention I got to meet Michelle? <laughs> um, so the biomimicry networks mushroomed. What we did immediately when we started biomimicry was we said let's have a consultancy where we're biologists and we go and we help inventors and then we said let's let's teach everyone else to do exactly the same thing and people were like you are nuts why are you doing that we said look there's a lot of work to do so we started training people dana baumeister started training people a week at a time now eight months now a two-year course and you know what happened those people that we've trained went back to their home countries and they started networks emerged 30 networks, here are some some of the leaders we just had in a meeting in Austin, Texas. Amazing people, amazing leaders. Started with our our university network, these are some of our affiliate universities where they're teaching biomimicry now at university level, all the way up to PhD. Then it just started spreading. You know, biomimicry Columbia, biomimicry Texas, Ask Nature Japan, and here comes China. (laughs) Biomimicry China. Fabulous fabulous stuff going on and and you wouldn't believe what they're working on. We now have our own our own check this out zygote quarterly journal it is so Beautiful really seriously. I have to sort of take it a page at a time and look and put it down because I'll wet the pages It is so beautiful so then Bryony Schwann who um, ran runs our uh, uh, Institute decided to uh, conjure a conference this year, and we usually just do it for educators. We said, oh, let's open it up, see who comes. Everybody came. (laughs) Everybody came, there were 300 people. It was amazing. Uh, Our world came, beautiful people. All these people around the world, and I mean five continents, it was amazing. And the future came. We are in, ready for that? these are students who won our student design challenge, okay? 63 teams, 19 countries, no US winners, right? We went to the Harvard Faculty Club. We had the, the oil paintings of the guys up there, okay? <laughs> and these, look at these kids, look at these kids. They went on Ask Nature, we gave them a single thing, water, let's do water this year. Six dollar for food spoilage preventer. This is an amazing fish gill inspired thing that you put in pipes that keeps air bubbles from from forming. Air bubbles cause leaks in pipes. In some places, 55% of water is lost from leaks in pipes because of this bubble, and they pull, are pulling the air out of water the way fish gills do. These are these are these are college kids. Rain garden parks. This is a beautiful fog far, far farming system from Chile. The, the, this beautiful. Uh, uh, air plant that grows in, in strips in the fog desert and they did a whole farming system using as nature ideas from organisms and life's principles uh, solar stills based on Jay Harmon, Fibonacci sequence um, Fog collection systems um, This is a group from uh, Mexico uh, you roll that thing up and it's a portable um, collector for water and the grand prize four women engineers from Egypt. Yes, yes, look at these women. And this is a tough challenge, by the way, it's really an amazing challenge. Um, And this is their their system for taking um, really, really degraded water in farmlands and adding uh, air to it and filtering it in the way that a camel works, amazing. This year, transportation. If you guys have kids or no, you know, uh, neighbors and stuff, transportation. We're working on this year. The question is, now that we have a network, what are we going to do together? Right? Where are we going to fly? Imagine if each year we said, "Hey, let's work on transportation this year," not just a student design challenge, but. All of Ask Nature, our online uh, database of nature solutions, that's going to be filled with transportation ideas. We're going to get scientists working on transportation ideas in the natural world. We're going to get funders and investors. This sort of coherent um, solving. I love this idea. This is the Great Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, now one of the most uh, visited national parks because each year in June there is a flyer, firefly uh, phenomenon that happens where the fireflies, a network again, begin to blink like this. Doot, 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 doot. And suddenly they start to coherently synchronize and synchronize and synchronize their timing until it looks like that. <laughs> and then it goes, du- it does that. And then it goes dark for 10 or 15 seconds. And then it does that. <laughs> Let's invent together like that. The thing is, all these networks all over the world, we had to ask ourselves, how might we best serve now? And what we said was, there is still such a need for us to learn from nature, for us to make sure biological wisdom is accessible to every inventor, every decision maker, every leader, everywhere in the world, the moment of creation, that they can say, how would nature solve this? And find out. We have to keep going back to our teacher. And the science is changing. So it's, it's a good idea, right? There's a lot of ways to do it. Go outside with the beginner's mind. Forever curious. Keep going back to that salt marsh. Don't stay in our heads here bouncing around. Go out there and make it a habit to ask, how would nature solve this? Doesn't matter whether you're making something, a thing or you're building a business, or you're starting an organization. We, we thought we wanted, we knew we wanted, to make biological wisdom accessible for free to anyone. That was back in 2008. <laughs> oh my God. And the internet was a very different place. So we started Ask Nature 1.0 which you can find, it's asknature.org. You can type in a bio uh, function and say, how would nature filter water? And up will come all these ideas, and students are the power users of this. Beautiful design, but then we said, you know, there's 1800 strategies, but we need lots more, and we need to make it more useful. So here's what I want us to sync around. Simple, (laughs) right now, Ask Nature 2.0. We're in the process of building this amazing biological intelligence service. Not GIS, BIS. <laughs> Shouldn't there be B-I- BIS? Yeah. Wouldn't you like that on your GIS? <laughs> you know? Take me to my mentor. <laughs> so. We're going to try to make it. We've listened. We're going to try to make it easier to use. So we're going to organize it by themes. Say you're in it, you're doing something in energy or health or construction or organizational change, and you want to know how does nature do the things that I care about. So then, under organizational change, there's these focus areas. Okay. Say so you want you're doing leadership. Go to uh, Toby Herzlick's uh, leadership lessons from the living world is a good workshop today to go to. Um, but these are the kinds of things that. People in organizational change are interested in resilience, and growth, and feedback, and adapting. And drilling down into each of those are the biological strategies. We're going to make it so that the biological strategies are there, but then there's a design principle that's abstracted out of there, a simple rule. And then there's application ideas. Hopefully those students' drawings will be all over, ask nature. So you go, oh my gosh, I see how this could be used. And then there's souvenir downloads. And I love this, because it puts it, we want to put nature's wisdom in the tools that the people who make our world use every day. So they can hit a button, and digital blueprints, okay, so this is, how does nature handle compressive forces? An architect doesn't just read a paper; they're able to download a truss design to put into their digital tools that has nature's best practices within it. They're able to download a skin that will skin their their train or their building, say, with the same shapes as uh, the Namibian beetle, and a building could could gather fog. So it's a It's a making this actionable, bringing biomimicry into our world in a very real way. Firefly, inside their abdomen are scales that that when put on the inside of an LED, simple pattern embossed, 55% more light comes out. I know, fireflies. (laughs) (coughs) Tools. Based on things like bone. Here's a real tool. A company called Optostruct. You send them your product. They do what a bone does, which is move materials from where it's not needed to where it is needed along lines of stress. Lightweighting, lightweighting, lightweighting. Airbus, big plane, 40% of its rib and wing assembly was taken away, not needed anymore. Uh, lightweighting because of bone wisdom. Downloadable TED-like talks, pioneer-like talks about your subject area, online courses, papers, 3D models, PowerPoint slides, the things immediately that you can go and say, I'm gonna have a community meeting, and I wanna tell the world about that thing she said about the trees and the orchids. This is, this is supplying the network with what it needs, Genius of place, information about the 18 biomes on our planet and all the ecological land types within, so that anyone who goes to design something somewhere, walks in and can learn how not to touch the Achilles' heel of that place, how to honor it. Life's principles as an interactive guide so that technology, this is what we did with the students, is filtered through the best practices of life. So you make a holistic system based on the natural world, not just a thing. Yeah. I know. Okay. But here's the thing. Don't you love that? Here's the thing. We can't build this by ourselves. So. I want you to sync with us right now. Um, here's what we need. We're in Montana. That's us. Do, 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 do. We need web. We're going to make this so you can build webs on top. Um, apps on top of it. We need web and app developers. We need 3D modelers. We need scan jams so we can go into natural history museums and scan all these beautiful Library of Forms and put them on Ask Nature. We need great biological content and photos. What I'd love you to do right now, really quick, get out your phone, type in biomimicry.net slash bioneers. If you're interested in helping us build this, what I now know is that none of us can do this alone. And this, I think, is so necessary so that we don't stray from this biological wisdom, that every day, We get a dose of it, a daily dose of it, right? Take heart. We do not live in splendid isolation. 18,000 new species every year. Celebrate them. They're just like us. In the morning! (laughs) That's a seriously endangered nuke. We cannot, we don't have a moment to spare in honoring these geniuses, and I honestly believe that learning from them, instead of just about them, increases our reverence. Reverence leads to right behavior. It's the only thing that does. Everything else is othering. We know this. You know, we're an amazing species. We really, really are. Let's remember that too. Who does this? You know? We are nature. It's okay. It's going to be okay. But the humility thing, we got to get with that quick now. Let's remember, we're 200,000 years old. That's all. Not 3.8 billion. 200,000, right? And we're just learning to walk. and, And we're not alone. You better believe that cheetah is learning every day and paying attention. Take heart. We are surrounded by genius. We just forget sometimes. We have to make it a daily practice of asking nature for help. They will find us our way home. Back to our salt marsh of our, of our better habitat. They will help us. I'm convinced of that. And I know you are too, and all the Beaming Bioneers groups are, and the Biomimicry Network is, and now our network is joining your network. What shall we do together? First love, reimagine, innovate in nature's sustainable image and we'll get home. We have to act as if we will, (laughs) and we will. This talk is dedicated to Peter Worschel.